Arizona, Arizona Sports, the local the sports local leader. Sports leader. Burns and Gambo, the four o'clock reset. Four o'clock reset. Hi, right, Mitch. You've got the four o'clock reset. Take it away, if you would, please. The button's back. Now we're going to get another technical foul on Booker. He's been ejected. What a weird night last night at Footprint Center, huh? You were there. Stranger things have happened, but um, no, it was it was it was it was an odd feeling knowing what happened. I was walking into the arena, and I was walking within some fans. We're talking. Everybody had heard by that time about Eubanks and what happened. So a lot of fans were asking me. I'm like, at this point, I don't even know. I'll try to find out. But everybody was talking about that walking in. I was walking with a few different people. It was just fans, and I ran into them and asked, "Hey, Gimbal, what what have you heard on this thing?" So everybody kind of knew what was going to happen. And then right from the right from the first whistle, you could tell that those officials. They they were either told to call this thing really tight or they discussed it among themselves because there are a lot of whistles called early in that game. I think it was 16 in the first quarter alone, and it was pretty obvious that they were calling it that way. Our own Kellen Olsen was the pool reporter last night, the one media guy assigned to go speak to the referees after a game like that. I.I. media guy. Exactly. And um, he even asked the crew chief, did the pregame events with Drew Eubanks and Isaiah Stewart impact how the game was called. And I don't think anybody would have expected an honest answer, but the answer was, quote, no, all the decisions made were based on what was going on and the merits of the game, close quote. But I think anybody with a set of eyes and half a brain could recognize the referees were calling that game really, really tight because they didn't want anything to escalate escalate at all. And there's some common sense to that. You just hate to see it cost you Devin Booker five minutes into the game, you know? You know, Devin Booker has to take partial responsibility for it as well. And we're going to talk about that very, very soon, what level of responsibility he has in that. Mitch, I'm sorry. So last night was weird, but now we're on to All-Star break, so we can focus on that. Or skip it. It's up to you. But... It's taking place in Indiana, which I don't know if you guys know this. That's where the Pat McAfee show is based. So Adam Silver was a guest of the Pat McAfee show on ESPN yesterday, and they asked him about the possibility of expanding the league into Vegas, of course, playing off of the recent Super Bowl. Vegas is definitely on our list. What's what's remarkable about Las Vegas, it's not that large a market. I mean, as the U.S. goes. I mean, I forget. It's like last I looked, I think it was the 44th largest market or something like that. But man, do they punch above their weight. And we do know this. (laughs) We do know who would like to own said team in Vegas. Wonderful. It's the best uh, fan base in the world. And uh, I would love to uh, bring a team here at some point. That would be amazing. I want the team here, Adam. Thank you. That was from 2022, by the way. It's the best fan base in the world? Oh, he's... He's doing anything to appease master commissioners so that he can have the first Vegas basketball team. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, second. Sorry, don't want to discount the aces. Listen, I mean, there, there was a, for a long time, Vegas was taboo. You weren't going to put a professional sports team in Vegas with the gambling and the and the strip. Look, even if you go to the Super Bowl, right, they kept those teams far away from the strip. Yeah. Like they did. Kansas City and San Francisco were nowhere near this. Henderson. They yeah. were staying like Henderson. Yeah. Like they didn't put him near the strip. They were like this. They like so there is still kind of like this feeling about Vegas. Like okay, it's still a little dangerous. Yeah. Although you we'll cross our fingers and hope nobody gets in trouble every time we play here. From personal experience, you can still gamble in Henderson too. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's not as fun. Of course, of course not. No, it's, it's not as a lot cheaper. That's for you can find a two dollar blackjack table in Henderson. You yeah, can't find one in Vegas. I've gone there for baseball tournaments and yeah, soccer so tournaments and stayed with the kids so at this one big hotel. It's in Henderson. It's got a movie theater and ice cream shops. I forgot what it was called. I, I look to 
me, Vegas is like a no-brainer. Eventually, they'll get one. I'm fascinated what other market is going to get one because these things tend to happen in twos. My my knee jerk would be Seattle to give them one back because it was back the Sonics, right? Right? Yeah, like it makes a lot of sense with the size of that market. Sunset Station, you ever stay there? Oh yeah, of course. Sunset Station. But then there's Nashville would be a very intriguing place for the NBA to get into. There's a whole bunch of places the NBA could grow into. So could they go back to Vancouver? Oh, potentially, absolutely. Yeah, it's that that market has really been missing the NBA. There's a lot of places the NBA could go if they wanted to. How about some NFL news? We mentioned the Chris Jones. Celebratory announcement yesterday. Yeah. But how about this news? The Seahawks are planning to keep Geno Smith on the roster in a move that would guarantee him the $12.7 million he is owed. However, the report went on to say there's no guarantee he'll be on the team. No, because it's a low salary for a They're quarterback. Just guaranteeing him the money. He exactly. threw for like 3,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 picks. And if somebody's like, hey, we weren't able to get the guy we wanted in the draft, you could trade for Geno Smith, have a somewhat competent quarterback at a very low salary. Salary. That's yeah. why they're doing yeah, that's, it. That's not overly expensive for a quarterback, but it, it's he's no good. They're going to have to move on from him very, very soon because he that, that that is they're hitting their head on their ceiling when it comes to how, how far they can go with Geno Smith. Rob Manfred said his tenure as Major League Baseball commissioner will end when his contract does in early 2029. Quote, you can only have so much fun in one lifetime. I have been open with them, the owners, about the fact that this is going to be my last term. Close quote. Interesting. Um, I have mixed feelings about Rob Manfred, as I do probably most commissioners. It's not all great. It's not all awful either. I, I, I do not like the way how he and the owners and baseball handled the situation during the pandemic. Oh, it was so bad. They botched that, they botched that so what badly. What did we end up with, like 58 games or something like that? Yeah, 60 games. 60. I think. 60 games. But just that it took them as long as it did for them to negotiate, you know, when we're, we were all suffering as a nation and you guys are haggling over Penny. It, it just, I hated it. But he did put in the pitch clock. The way the sport has recovered since then, I give him and them a lot of credit because I really like the way baseball has evolved over the last two They've years. They've shortened the games to appease the younger crowd that doesn't want to sit around and twiddle their thumbs for a long time in between you know, while innings are going on. They've moved the game up and quickened the game, and a lot of people like it. I'm fine with it. 2029 is what he said? 2029. Okay. Yeah, Vin, so Vin, well. Vinny, jokingly, in one of our work chats, he said, oh, so soon? <laughs> so I mean, that's a long time away. It really is. Man, that's a, that is a long time away. It'll be here before you know it, but it's it's away. I mean, it's still five years from now? Yeah, yeah all, five years. All of 24, all of 25, all of 26, all of 27, all of 28, and then... He won't if, do 29. Okay, so five more years. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. And then I don't know if you two are going to be excited about this, but I know a lot of people got really excited when this tease dropped on the internet today. We've seen the posts, the predictions, the doubts. We get it. It's been a minute. Let's just say this ain't the only jersey we've been working on. That was a small clip of the one minute, 33 second tease. EA Sports bringing back college football 25 this fall. I saw I didn't see that. everybody on social media flip 
the bleep out about that. This, oh, my. So it, EA is bringing back college football for the game. Yeah. Yes. The video game is coming back first time since the 14 edition. So they stopped doing college football for EA Sports? It was. I'm sure there was the monetary argument with it and putting the players in. And now it's a lot easier to do that when you can just pay the players for their name, image, and likeness to be oh, in a video game. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I saw that. I'm like, what is this all about? I clicked on it. I'm like, oh. Okay, so I, I, and you're right. I, I'm not much of a game. I know Gambo's not much of a gamer, but I, I recognize what is important in that world, and I recognize that that's very, very important in that world. It was a big deal this morning Look, when they announced the, that. Honestly, the last games that I played were Tecmo Bowl and Mike Tyson Punch-Out, and I'm not kidding. Oh, we know you're not. I'm you not still have kidding. your Atari joystick with you? I, st- I have an Atari. I have one of those, like, um, my daughter got me the Atari with, like, all the games on it, like Defenda and Gallagher mm-hmm. and all the games. Like I, So I have those, like, on one, like, console type thing. The last video game system I played was a Wii. After, after that, we, I kind of... That was revolutionary for its yeah, time, it, though, it was, so it, it, When we had a Wii, we played it a lot as a family together. We played um, uh, Rock Band. Not, what was the... No, Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero on the Wii, we played all the time. That's pretty much the last time I got into video games. They say that another official trailer will drop in May, so yeah. the excitement level is high. Exciting. I played, your, I played Guitar Hero a couple times. Oh, yeah. I love that game. And that's your 4 o'clock reset. I still have, like... I have a playlist of Guitar Hero songs. On my phone. Really? Oh, absolutely. Just from the ones that we used to play with the kids. Yeah, it ends with... Smoke uh, on the water. Through the fire and the flames by Dragon Force. You know, that was the one you had to... Remember, that was the final you had to pass. You were playing the guitar. Standing on the big Against the devil, right? Yeah, you're playing against the devil. Oh, yeah, I still have a playlist of nothing but Guitar Hero songs. That was great. But you were probably good at that, right? Being a, being a band geek and everything, I, I you were probably good at that. hard to get to the level of prowess that I got to <laughs> in that game. I figured you were a stud with that. When we come back, that's the 4 o'clock reset? That's the 4 o'clock reset. When we come back, we're going to talk about the other side of the coin with what happened last night. Does Devin Booker need to chill a little bit? That's coming up here in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, it's Vince. Coming up on Friday, we'll get you ready for Mac McClung and his defense of his slam dunk title in Indianapolis. God help us. Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Don't get too excited about it, Vinny. Now we're going to get another technical foul on Booker. He's been ejected. That is JT Orr that decides to whistle a second technical on Booker. And now Frank Vogel's going to get a tee as he is wondering what the heck's going on. And tempers are flaring on the Sun sideline. The line of fans at the team shop getting their JT Orr jersey on their way after the game last night was long, man. It was intense. <laughs> the JT Orr show. I, I yeah, paid good money hey. to go see JT Orr and Jack Devin they Booker. Would ch- listen, they were chanting his name the in- for, for like, it was loud. He got the loudest ovation. I was there. He got a louder ovation than Monty William. Ref, you suck! <laughs> Ref, you suck! Like, it was loud. I mean, the crowd, after they tossed Booker, it was the loudest the building was all night with the refuse suck chant. It was bad. All right, let's do a quick 30-second summation of what's happened up until this point. So Devin Booker gets ejected from last night's game, obviously because the refs are calling a much tighter game, and they don't want to get to get it out of control because of what happened before the game with Drew Eubanks and Isaiah Stewart. Okay, that, that makes all the sense in the world, and nobody liked that Booker got ejected. It was very disappointing. You paid good money. You're not paying good money to see a ref show. You're paying good money to see Devin Booker. 
Um, he gets run from the game. Everybody after the game acknowledges it was BS. Frank Vogel says it's wrong. He shouldn't have gotten kicked out. Uh, Kevin Durant unprompted says, yeah, they were calling the game real tight because of what happened before the game with Drew Eubanks. But then I was reading Dwayne Rankin's work today on AZ Central, and he's the, maybe you thought of this on your own. I, I didn't really think about it until he wrote it. He kind of devoted a segment to his game recap of how Devin Booker needs to be careful in moments like that. Understand that he's got kind of a reputation of being somebody who chirps too much to the referees. He and he's got to pull back, honestly, right? He definitely does. Look, there was a time when you felt like Devin Booker wasn't getting any calls. When the Suns were winning 19 basketball games under Igor Kokoskov or 20-something games in the previous years, you felt like Devin Booker because the team wasn't any good and they had no respect that Devin Booker wasn't getting the calls. Well, now Devin Booker wants every single call. I mean, he thinks he's fouled on every single play. It, there's no question. He's a superstar and he's a great player and he wants the calls. He wa- He's demanding the calls. But he chirps at the officials more than anybody on that team by far. And it's not even close. He goes after the officials. And even in the first technical, it just counted down one, two, three, four, five. It was like nine seconds of him yelling at the official before the officials said, okay, I've had enough. Like, stop. I'm going to give you a technical. And in the second one, we all don't really know what happened in the second one. I saw a hand gesture. Was he pointing point to somebody? We, saw, we don't really know. Well, I don't know. Uh, according to the pool reporter, uh, the pool report, the pool reporter was Kellen Olson. The second technical foul was for disparaging remarks he made towards a game official. So he okay. said something. So the first one was for complaining. They told him to stop complaining. He kept complaining. They teed him up the first time. The second one, apparently he used... The magic word, whatever the magic word was, and that's what got him the second one. So that's 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 now, according to the ref. There was a play before he got thrown out where he drove for a basket, scored on a layup, and I think he thought he was fouled. Might have got touched in the back or touched on the arm. There was no call. He comes back down, and it was after that. So I think maybe he was upset by not getting the end one. That you know, hey, listen, I drove for, I, I stole the ball. I went in for a layup. I definitely felt contact. You didn't call anything. That could have been why he was upset. But Mm -hmm. he got the basket. But there's no question that he chirps more than anybody else. There's no question that, you know, that, you know, I do worry about that. Eventually, officials taking it out on you. Like, you know. You could only go so even in the previous years, Monty has Monty talked about we've got to stop arguing with the officials for as long as we argue with the officials. Pre-game, Monty Williams even talked about that with Devin Booker. He's got a ways to go, you know, and he works his tail off. And I watch him. I watch his mannerisms now. I watch him, <laughs> you know, lose it every once in a while. And he doesn't have me over there to tell him, like, cut it out. <laughs> you know, because from time Time to time, he'd look over at me to see if I was going to say something, and I'd be like, stop, you know, (laughs) and, um, you know, you miss that. That was before the game. That was before all of this stuff happened. That was just Monty talking about coaching Devin Booker. I, you're right. He is one of the top chirpers in the NBA. There's, there's, there is no debating that. He does like to do it a lot. I, I. I worry about it because I think sometimes it takes his focus off what's the most important thing out there. I think sometimes he he's too focused on that. And he's one of the best basketball players in the world. Nothing's going to take that away from him. I just don't want it to get to the point where his obsession with the calls that he's not getting becomes too powerful and overwhelms, you know, the basic, hey, you got a basketball game. The, don't I think in don't some worry ways, about that. Just worry about the game, you know? I think in some ways the anger fuels him. The anger at official, the anger at another player, 
Angry Book is actually a really good book. Now, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I get it totally. But, man, there is a part of Devin Booker when he's angry where he seems to play some great basketball. Yeah. He just, see, like, he might be that guy that's motivated by being angry throughout the <laughs> throughout the course of a basketball to game. to your point and to Monty's point, I do remember exactly what Monty was talking about. And somebody needed to step in and say, yo, Chris, chill. Yo, Book chill like like enough of your obsession with all of these calls that you're not getting there is and i and i maybe it's just anecdotal but i feel like i've noticed this year that there isn't as much of a governor on devin booker's talking to the refs i do feel like monty was good at hey all right enough we got we 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 get it you're upset i don't know if he's not getting checked as much by this current coaching staff as maybe he was getting checked by Monty Williams. And I just hope I don't know if Frank has that cachet that Monty had yet. Monty was with them in the bubble when they were a bad basketball Monty was there when he was, they were a yeah. bad basketball team. Yeah. And I and I, I really do get what you're saying about angry book. And I think eighty mm, percent of the time, eighty five percent of the time I would agree with you. But I think there are those moments where it's like you're it's it's too much. You you gotta not just rein it back in, but you've gotta Focus on what matters the most here and not this running dialogue you've got with this guy. Not because you're going to get teed up necessarily, just because I want your focus to where it needs to be. He doesn't need any advice from me. He's one of the 10 best basketball players in the world. He doesn't. certainly need- don't want to give away free throws in a close game against in a, uh, in a playoff that's game. That's true. That's true. I uh, do want to remind you here on the Burns and Gambo Show that you can download our show, listen to us on the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. Works like every other podcast that you love to listen to. You can listen to it however whenever you want the burns and gambo show brought to you this week by your valley chevy dealers when we come back this offseason could get insane in the nba so insane that there are actually people suggesting that a certain member of the suns could be available huh it's coming up on arizona sports Hey, it's Luke. The D-backs first spring training game is just one week away. So which position battles are we keeping our eyes on? We get going tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Welcome back to the Burns and Gambo Show here on this Thursday. Um, There was a big, long story today on TheAthletic.com about LeBron James' future in Los Angeles. There's been a lot of speculation about it. There was that story yesterday from Ramona and Woj on ESPN that the the Warriors called, checked in, see if LeBron was available, that Draymond Green actually reached out to Rich Paul, who is his agent, LeBron's agent, said, yo, tell LeBron he should come here. She want to come here to Golden State. Of course, obviously didn't happen at the trade deadline. That was a week ago. But there's been a lot of speculation. He's got last year of his deal. He can opt out if he wants. He could be a free agent. Would he go to the Knicks? Would he go somewhere else? Would he stay, et cetera, et cetera? I want to read you this line, and we could talk about it for a few minutes, then we'll talk about LeBron. The line in the story was actually about the Warriors and what they might do now that they didn't get LeBron James. Quote, the Warriors' lead decision makers still believe Curry's longevity gives them a couple of more seasons of possible contention if the roster around him is up to it. If there's a path to LeBron, Giannis, impending free agent Paul George... Or a reunion with Kevin Durant, they will explore it. Close quote. Huh? 
you think the window is closed for the Golden State Warriors. You know, you think like Clay Thompson's a shell of his former self and they don't have the supporting cast. Although the young guys have stepped up and played well. I mean, I like that. Kaminga and that Podzinski guy has been really good and Peyton's been good. So some of the younger players have really stepped up for them. So maybe that expands the window a little bit. You get one star player to add to that mix, almost like replacing Clay. Take Clay out, put a star, a younger star around Steph and Draymond with the supporting cast they have, and then maybe they do have one more run in them. Maybe they do. Yeah, and then you included, to, but I want to focus on the Durant thing okay. here for a minute. Like, if we can, like... What are we talking about? Uh, we, Kevin Durant's got, what, two more years left on his deal after this one? There, there's Now, you sent me a story that I didn't see on TheRinger.com in which they were talking about the, the LeBron offseason and all the rumors and everything. And within that story, there were a couple of anonymous quotes from some Eastern Conference execs and GMs and things like that that suggest that the Suns don't go far in the playoffs, that what, KD could have a wandering eye this, this offseason? This was in, it was bored by the NBA trade deadline let the speculation season begin. Now, speculating what's going to happen in the offseason. And they said at the Suns, it all depends on the health, longevity, and mood swings of three fragile stars, most notably a 35-year-old Duran who has changed teams three times since 2019. And they say, what if the Suns get bounced in the first round? That's not inconceivable to think that they could be a five seed, go up against Denver as a four seed, and lose the series. And he said, Durant for sure looks around, said the East, the second Eastern Conference exec. Durant always has a wandering eye. And if Durant left, the GM said, Booker would have to consider his options too. So what they're bringing up, which I don't buy at all. I do not buy it at all. They're saying, what if the Suns get bounced in the first round? Listen, I don't think it's going to happen, but what if they did play Denver in the first round and they lose, okay? Do the, you know, I I think this team comes back and they run it back again and they try to get a little bit better with uh, with what they could do in the offseason and I and I think they try for it. I I don't think it there's no part of me that thinks anybody on that big 3 is going to be looking around anytime soon. No, and there's no part of me that we're bringing this information because we're just kind of telling you we're bringing this the speculation because we're telling you what other people out there are kind of saying about stuff like this. There is not a part of me that believes it at all for for I mean, for a multitude of reasons. I mean, number one, Kevin Durant seems very, very happy. Kevin Durant has already played more games with this big three than he ever did with the big three that they had around him in Brooklyn. Yes. Um, and, and number two, I, I, I think it's it's almost like borderline unfair to just assume that that is going to rise back up in Kevin Durant again if they get bounced in the first round. Look, if they don't get it done this year, th- there's... That window's still open next year. Of course. Year. It, doesn't, it doesn't mean it's a bust. It doesn't mean that, you know, I saw today a poll question on Twitter. Is it championship or bust this year for the Suns? No, it's not. It's not. It, it would... It would it would be one year less of a window of older players, you know, one year less of a window of injury-prone players. Well, let me, let, me, let me ask you something on that. The Suns don't win a championship... It's a disappointing season, right? Of course, it's a disappointing season. But they still have next year to win a championship with this cast before we start talking. They need to win a championship at some point during this era. 
for it not to be a bust. They don't have to win a championship this year for it not to. You disagree with that? No, I, I was thinking about something we were talking about earlier when Luis Gonzalez said Corbin Carroll could be the greatest Diamondback of all time. Uh-huh. And we both like looked at each other like, but Randy Johnson. And then we figured out that Randy Johnson joined the Arizona Diamondbacks at the age of? 35. Yes. And Kevin Durant right now is? Ah, 35. Yeah. Who's to say that Durant can't have a three-year running run in him like Randy Johnson did? Yeah. Who's to say that something about the, I don't know, the vitamin D in the air here in Arizona? <laughs> it's, not, it's not the air. Well, well, I guess it kind of is in the air I mean, if you think about it. But yes, the sun. The sun. Well, I the know. Sun. It's, it's not like you breathe in vitamin D. But no, I, no, I, no. I, no. Get, I get what you're saying. I get yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, as long as you understand what I'm saying. I, I like, yeah. Who's I to do. say that being, you know, like <laughs> you think about the older players that have come come here and excelled. Sure. In Arizona, who's to say that Kevin Durant? Like no I don't, I don't say. look at Kevin Durant and say, "Oh, there it is. He's gonna, he's gonna be a pumpkin at midnight. At midnight, when he turns thirty-six, that's it. It's gonna be over." Now, it did happen that way for Chris Paul. Like he hit that age, and it was like, "Okay, that's game it." Th- game three against the Mavs. That was <laughs> it, right? There was that wall. It was <laughs> like. Just- just like that, I'm old. He turned into a pumpkin. Just like that. Now, he maybe Durant, that happens to Durant, but I doubt it. I think I think Durant still has several good years left of being one of the best players in the NBA. I worry about a lot of stuff. I'm a bit of a chronic worrier about things. I'll tell you right now, I am not worried at all that Kevin Durant, at the end of this year, if they get bounced in the first round, is going to get happy feet and wandering eyes and all of that stuff and want out. And I certainly, you know, I, I respect the ringer, not buying it. I respect the athletic.com and those writers who put that stuff together. I just don't think Kevin Durant is an option for anybody. I, I just I can't see it at all. Now, LeBron, on the other hand, boy, that's fascinating. Because you, you go deep dive into this stuff and they're talking about would the Lakers go and get Bronny this offseason to keep LeBron happy? How do they to do make that? Make sure he stays. They just draft him. He just Comes out after a year and they draft him. Who's to say that you're going to get him in the draft? <laughs> I guess I guess that's true. What, somebody wants, what does LeBron somebody, call every GM and say, "Don't take my kid"? <laughs> no, honestly, I mean, I don't. You know, that's a good point. I mean, I I, I I don't know. I mean, what's his draft projection? Oh, it's not good. Okay, so he's then they probably good, so they probably get him. They yeah, probably get him a lot earlier than anybody else would have taken. He's not having him. a year that would be like, oh, go get this guy, go draft him. Um, According to a high-ranking team source, the Lakers are willing to explore the notion of adding Bronny James next season, rooted in the reality that James' happiness truly matters to the organization. Um, there's also some speculation that the Lakers are going to go hard this offseason and that internally they've talked about three names. Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, or Kyrie Irving. And that they might have the resources to be able to swing. Now, I don't know why the Cavs would want to get rid of Donovan Mitchell, but... But that the Lakers, no, the might. Cavs are a real threat. Yes. Oh yes, they Give are. Give me the Trey Young. What about Trey Young? Trey Young. Um, you'd have to get a haul and a half if you're Atlanta for him. He's your star. He's your face. He's your. He's their Devin Booker. Basically, Kyrie's the easiest guy to get. Yeah, probably. But probably the one you'd least want to have, I would think. I guess. I agree with that, too. Kendrick Perkins was on Pat McAfee's show today, and he said, oh, I guarantee you the Lakers are getting another superstar this summer. The Lakers need to stay in Pat, right, get through this season, have a run, because another superstar is on the way this summer. Now, I can't reveal who that superstar is because... I'm not Adam Scheffler or Adrian Wojn- Wojnarowski. No. That's not my job. And they trust me not to add this 
you know, information out on who this player is going to be. But if the Lakers just stand pat, they have another superstar on the way this offseason. Then we can revisit this conversation next year. No, all we have to do is look around at who he believes is having bad body language in the NBA <laughs> to realize <laughs> Trey Young's body language is really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Did you say play the second cut, Mitch? Okay, I want to play this. We're a little late, but I'm going to play the second cut. That, that's funny. I mean, I don't necessarily love what just happened there. Because now, how does that superstar play with LeBron? Yeah, think they, they, they mesh are they well together. Shooter, are they... Yeah, they'd be good. They absolutely. Well, well, let me let me let me tell you this: this superstar. Actually, it's the perfect fit, not only for LeBron, but it's a match made in heaven. (laughs) It's a match made in heaven for Anthony Davis. Ooh. Hmm. I mean, at this point, just say who the guy is. <laughs> Seriously. Like, at this point, the, the, like... It's the like, guessing it, game here, man. Come on, just tell us who. What are you talking about? Yeah, or sometimes you could, like, if you, you could disguise it by saying three people's names, they'll get one of these three guys, yeah. and, you know, you know one of them's going to be right. Or does LeBron opt out and go to Golden State, you know, and, and try to win one last one with Steph Curry before they get both get too old to do it? When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, something else we haven't talked about with his son's team, lost in everything that happened last night, was Monty Williams' return. And he got emotional talking about his return to Arizona last night. You'll hear what he had to say next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Social Poll Update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, uh, earlier today on the show, we had a very robust discussion on what defined a sucker punch. Gambo would know he's he's been involved in many, many fights throughout the course of his life. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Many fights? Okay. I have not. I'm fine. You had that one on the hill. I had that one on the hill when I was nine. When you were nine. The hill. Can't remember who it was, but you fought some bully when you were nine. Can't remember who it was, but but it was in elementary school at Curry here in Tempe. Mm. Uh, if you want to fight somebody after school, I'll meet you on the hill after school. And one time I got into a fight. That was it. I, 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 listen, I'm proud of you that you showed up on the hill. That you didn't just like call no. mommy and daddy and go home. No, and I showed up. I'm proud of you that you showed up showed afterwards. Up. And of course, I fought my brother for a number of years. But he was then once he got bigger than me, you stopped fighting him. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped. Right. He once he, he once gave me this look like if you're gonna keep doing this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna rip out your spleen and I'm gonna serve it to you. I'm like, all right, we're good, we're done. I, I'm not fighting you anymore. You're okay. You're bigger than stronger than me. Uh, Mitch, what um, what's our poll question? Because we're asking people with this Drew Eubank situation what a sucker punch is. Yeah, right? we're just asking the people how would you define a sucker punch? And I've read a couple of the comments earlier. Let's. Oh, somebody posted a lovely graphic of Stone Cold Drew Eubanks, which is just his face plastered on Steve Austin. Shout out at Frank Vogel, PHX. It's not the actual Frank Vogel. Of course, this year one day. Chazinator said when George McFly punched Biff in Back to the Future. That's the best one. That's the greatest tweet in the last five years. <laughs> That's, That's five the best years. tweet in the last five years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Future. When McFly punched Biff. Here, here's what we're trying to decide. With the left hook, too. I know, it's right? A powerful left yeah. hook. Here's what we're trying to decide. All right. 
Some think that a sucker punch is when you're, you don't see it coming at all. Somebody hits you from behind. Okay. Other people think a sucker punch is simply when you're not expecting to get punched. Now, for you, that doesn't hold any water because you think that if somebody is face to face with you, you better be prepared you to be punched. You should be prepared to be punched. You, you should better be, be prepared. Yeah. If okay. somebody you're arguing with somebody face to face, nose to nose, you better you better prepare to be punched. Is, is there a sway at all, Mitch, that you've noticed in this question in terms of which one of those definitions? It's a lot of without warning. Seabacher okay. uh, pulled up the Wikipedia definition. A punch made without warning or while the recipient is distracted, allowing no time for preparation or defense, often from behind, although striking from behind is not a prerequisite for a sucker punch. Wow, if Wikipedia... Oh, how many fights has Wikipedia been in? <laughs> Who writes that? <laughs> okay, okay. honestly. The sucker punch cannot be a punch when you're standing toe-to-toe arguing with somebody. you got to prepare and be prepared for that somebody's going to punch you. If Lauren wasn't drinking, in that, you almost did a spit take on that one, didn't you? you- yep, and the show would have been over, too, because I'm drinking directly over the board. Oh, so everybody's just, mics exactly. would have been cut. We would have been done. Blown the whole board. Whatever it is that you were drinking all over the board right. when Gambo said, Wikipedia. how many fights has Wikipedia been How many fights has Wikipedia been in? And this is why I'm asking for a definition, because I'm being perfectly honest with our audience. Yeah. I haven't been in a lot of fights. I, I just, I haven't. A I, sucker punch to me cannot be something... It has to be like a guy catches you from from behind or on the side. You're not prepared for it, and you just get punched. Well, hopefully, at some point, we see this video. I'd really like to see the video of yeah. Drew and if that's toe to toe, and they're arguing and they're arguing, Drew, to me, you've got to be somewhat prepared that this guy's going to throw a punch at you. Okay. That's why you always create a little bit of separation and you slant your body sideways a little bit because you don't punch straight. You punch, you know, your body's a little to the side, so you kind of tilt a little bit to the side and you give yourself enough separation to where you could see a punch coming. Fighting and then you could also land a punch. Fighting tips coming from Gamba. Did we have another poll question today, Mitch, or was that it? Yeah, I can't remember. We did. The music's out. It's okay. Oh, you yeah, nobody, you don't punch like, you don't punch standard like, you know, flat-footed like this. Oh, here we go. We're getting the stand-up version now. Are we, no, are we recording okay. on this for the right. for the cameras? We are always so, I mean, You're sitting there hard, you're having an argument with somebody. You're not going to punch them like this. You can't punch like, you can't punch like that. Both feet are even and you're straight. You're just no, you just got to have somebody. a solid stance. No, so you just, okay, all right, all right. So you just, you, you just Calm down a little bit. Now I'm in, now I'm in a mood. Now I can punch. I can jab you. I can block you. I can block here. But then I could also throw a straight left. I can throw a straight left. So you just take one step back. So I'm a southpaw. So I'll take a little bit of a step back with my left foot, a little bit forward with my right foot. Okay, now I'm arguing with you face to face. But I've created enough distance where I could see a punch. You throw a punch, I'm going to see it, and I could then block the punch. But also, if I want to punch you, I have I have the option to jab you, or I can throw a straight left. You can't throw a punch when you're like this. Just Get up and help him with this demonstration. <laughs> yeah, we Come need on. a target dummy. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Uh, you guys talk. Get up. Get up for a second. Come here. Oh, my gosh. They're actually doing it. So Gambo's now walking over to Bernsey. Bernsey just took his head. So if I'm arguing with Bernsey face to face, I don't want to stay like this. I want to give myself a little separation. Okay. Because now if you go to make a move, boom. Uh, or you go to punch me, oh. I can block you. So that's how you do it. You okay. just you don't stand okay. like this. You just create a little separation. Okay, okay. Huh. Now, if I want to punch you, I can. But if you go to punch me, I could block you here. If you throw a jab at my stomach, I could block it down. I could protect myself. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah. What if I what if I did this? 
Aww. Give him a hug. Then we can hug it out. Hey, big guy. <laughs> don't take a don't assume a puncher's stance. Let's just hug it out. Let's just hug it out. Let's just Brothers, hug it out. What what if I can do? hug. I can't wait to see yeah. it. What's love got to do with I it? I can't wait to see that on the internet tonight. Right? Don't worry. We've let Felisa know to take care of it from here. <laughs> it's just that, like, that's why you, I just can't. It's not a sucker punch, man. It's, uh, it's he wasn't sucker punched. He was punched, but he wasn't sucker punched. I'm glad, I'm glad did. did that sound okay on the air? I couldn't. I didn't have any headphones. or. I boosted your microphone. Okay, I, I, so I couldn't, you're I couldn't know because we, we could hear it. Okay. All right. Good. But you see what I'm saying, I right? Do, I do see what I'm you're saying. I'm going to create yes, a little separation, and I'm going to tilt myself to where I can block a punch by you or I could throw a punch myself. See, even on the Burns and Gambo show, uh, Monty Williams can't get his due for making his return last night. to the. We, we spent so much time talking about what happened last night. We're out of time to talk about, hey, Monty was, uh, well, we might bring it to you a little bit later. Yeah, absolutely. We possibly could. But I do want to mention this, too. Uh, Danilo Gallinari. Yes. Is going to join the Milwaukee Bucks, according to Sham Sharani. Yeah, the Suns didn't really have much interest in him. They wanted Thaddeus Young. That's the guy that they wanted. Um, so they weren't, once they got Young too, they weren't going to look at Gallinari. But Gallinari was not a guy that they had a lot of interest in. Um, they look at all of the guys that are in a buyout market, try to see who would fit and who wouldn't. Uh, but he'll go to Milwaukee and he might help Milwaukee. They could use a little bit of shooting on that basketball team. So him going to the box, that's, you know, listen, you know me, I don't think these Buyout market guys help a whole lot, but he's a guy that's always been able to knock down shots. He just he just doesn't move very well. Yeah. Uh, by the way, nothing official yet on Thaddeus Young either, although we there, there's no reason to not think it's going to happen, but it hasn't been officially right. announced yet. All right, when we come back in the 5 o'clock hour, the Suns at the All-Star break with 20-something games to go. Where do they stand? What do we like? What needs work? That's next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Get the kind of knowledge about Book, KD, Brad, and the Suns that only a Suns expert can drop on you. Kellen Olsen and Kevin Zimmerman on the Empire of the Suns podcast from Arizona Sports. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Mmm, Sonic. We're the Hellsburg Wedding Band, and whoa, look at that ring. Boy, is she fancy dancing with that ring. Everybody checking her dancing with that ring. Disco ball on a finger dancing with that ring. Honestly, nobody's dancing because they're just staring at that ring. For a great selection of high-quality natural and lab-grown diamonds and custom rings at a great price, visit a Hellsburg near you or Hellsburg.com and she'll be dancing with that ring. Phoenix, it's your time to shine. The 2024 NCAA Men's Final Four is coming to the Valley. Mark your calendars from April 5th to the 8th. Invite your friends and get ready for all the college basketball action. Yes, the games will be madness, but there's so much more for fans to do. To see the full calendar of events, go to NCAA.com forward slash Men's Final Four. Game on, Phoenix. God, I'm so stressed. It's a brand new year and our business is busier than ever. Ooh, ma. 